Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. We are talking this week about Jesus, our peace offering. Now, if you did not listen to last week's broadcast, you might want to go in and listen to it before you attempt to go through this because uh, this, this is really, really important as it pertains to, to abiding in a state of peace. Now, one of the things that we've got to understand about peace, remember, the peace that God gives as opposed to the peace that the world gives. The, the peace that the world gives is just a tranquil state of mind that can come through denial, it can come through self-deception, it can come through drugs, it can come through alcohol, it can come through fulfilling any addiction and just momentarily cause you to feel tranquil. And, uh, but the peace that God gives while it does bring forth a tranquil state of mind, it brings forth a tranquil state of mind based on the fact that you are accessing all of the resources of God. In other words, all your needs are met in Him because you are accessing all of those resources. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians, Colossians 1.20 and actually in other places in Colossians and in several other places, it explains that Jesus <coughs> is our peace because He made peace between God and man through, his, through the cross and that in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. Now, this was written by the Apostle Paul and everything that Paul ever wrote was based on the Scripture. This was not new revelation that was not in the Bible. He, he wasn't seeing something that God had never said. Everything that Jesus taught and everything that Paul taught were, it was always based on the Scripture. Sadly, because of, of, of interpretation and, and uh, translation problems and just religious people reading the Scriptures with their own bias, we, we miss so much of this as, as Gentile believers. And... Uh, but, but I assure you, when, 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 Apostle, when the Apostle Paul talked about the way of peace, when he talked about the cross and Jesus' cross making peace between God and man, he was making direct reference to the Old Testament peace offering, which was a type, and Jesus is the reality. But you only understand Jesus as our peace offering when you understand the type. Now, one of the things that's incredibly important for us is to, is to realize there's a realm that Jesus called the kingdom of God. This is synonymous with other terms that Hebrew teachers would have used to describe what we enter into through the doorway of our heart because it's always about faith. It's always about personal connection with God. So it's a realm that we enter into and in that realm, are all of the resources of God. And in that realm, that means that all, we have access to all of the promises of God. And uh, we are able to access that realm by faith, but we're, we're able to operate that faith. We're able to take hold of those things when there is a living 
peace between us and God. In other words, if our heart condemns us, if we've got guilt and our shame in our life, if we've got condemnation in our life, doesn't matter if it's legitimate or illegitimate. If, if anything affects our heart negatively and causes us to lose our sense of peace, then the real truth is we don't have that real-time living uh, sense of living access to all the promises of God. See, that's, that's one of the reasons the Bible warns against sin. We're living in a day when, when very corrupt pop theology is just saying sin doesn't matter because God loves you. God loving you and sin affecting you are not one and the same thing. You know, under the religious idealism, when you sin, when you, when you did self-destructive things or destructive things to other people, the, the big thing is that sin affects your heart. The writer of the book of Hebrews warns about how the, the, the deception of sin is, is that it hardens your heart. So it affects you in a way that you can't sense, perceive, feel, recognize God. You can't hear the voice of God. It distorts your understanding of and your sense of who you are, who you are in relationship to God. And so, so this is why Paul in the book of Romans repeatedly warned the Roman Christians that even though you're Christian, even though you're under grace and not under law, sin still kills you. Sin still destroys you. Now, that, but he also comforts you and says, now that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He says over in Romans 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So people will take a scripture like, well, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And by that say, nothing can separate me from the resources that God has offered me in Jesus. When the truth is, God, nobody outside of you can, but your heart. When your heart becomes hardened, when your conscience is violated, when you don't see God as He is or see yourself as He is, the Apostle John warned that you would, you would lose your capability when you feel condemned you lose your capability of receiving or of taking hold of what God has given you freely in Jesus and brought unto yourself. So you know what? God loving you is of no practical consequence in your life if your heart is becoming hardened through sin. If you feel condemned, if you feel alienated, if you feel out of touch, if you can't connect with the heart of God, uh, then Yes, he loves you. And that's encouragement because, and that's even what John said. You know, John said, look, you know, God's greater than your heart. Just because your heart condemns you does not mean that God condemns you. But the point here is this, that doesn't mean that automatically fixes everything. That means if you know that, then you can take steps to move past these subjective emotional feelings and, and reconnect to God. And I know theologically people will argue with this, but I'm telling you what, I know people that embrace some of the most inclusive, universalistic, liberalistic, unscriptural theology in the world, and they will fight you theologically tooth and nail. Uh, you know, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I'm not saying anything can, but, but at the same time, those people many times end up talking to me about when struggling with guilt, struggling with the fact that they don't feel connected to God, struggling with the fact they don't have any victory in their life, struggling with the fact that they're addicted or they're in sin or, or you know, or whatever, whatever it is. Because we have to experience the life and the power of God for it to bring 
value to our, to our lives. So in the peace offering of the Old Testament, and we got, got into this last week, when a person, when their conscience bothered them, whether they'd done anything wrong or not was not the issue. When their conscience was bothered, when they lost their sense of connection to God, when they had an offense, something that's, that was making them stumble, they would come to God and they would present an, an offering to God. And if they'd committed sins, they would, they would present a purification offering. And, and basically, they would, they would celebrate with what's called a peace offering. And in the peace offering, they are celebrating that peace has been restored in their heart and its connection to God's heart. Not just the fact that peace had been restored because, you know, God always loved them. Even though they sinned, even though they did atrocious things, it didn't mean God didn't love them. But it meant that in their heart, they had lost their harmony with God's heart. They had lost their connection with God's heart. They no longer thought like God. They no longer felt that intimate, intimate, deep connection. But one of the great celebrations of this is now, now that I'm back in a state of peace is now I can have fellowship with God. Now there's nothing in my heart that hinders me from fellowship with God. And I enter back into this personal realm with God where I'm not only connected to God, but I am connected to all of the resources of God. And it is in this state of peace where we have that realization. I am intimately and deeply connected to God and all of His resources are mine. The answer to all of His promises for me is, yes, they are mine. The answer for all the curses for me is, no, I'm free from all of those. And I'll tell you, I'm not talking about experiencing that doctrinally. I'm not talking about just being able to quote it and remember it, but I'm talking about having that unmovable, unshakable reality that all God has is yours. And because you're abiding in that realm, you have access to those things. Uh, you know, it's really interesting how many times, you know, Jesus would talk about this in his parables. Paul would talk about this in his teachings. And of course, the scriptures, you know, taught this to start with. And, and you know, Paul will make statements. He says, look, you know, here's a list of, of things that people get involved in. And he said, I'm telling you, people that are involved in these things cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if we translate or interpret the kingdom of God as salvation, then man, we're saying that salvation is by works. And if you do anything, any of these things, you can't be saved. That's not what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is that realm where in your heart, Jesus said, you enter this in your heart, through the door of your heart, in that realm where you are at peace with God and you are intimately connected to God and you have this, uh, this absolute realization that all of the resources within that realm are yours. And, and Paul is not saying that you've lost your salvation. Paul's not saying you can't go to heaven. Paul is saying you can't experience that level of peace because remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now I know we've been made righteous by the Lord Jesus Christ, but if you've been made righteous, but you don't live righteous, your conscience becomes violated. And 
you put yourself in a position where you can't inherit. Now remember, an inheritance is something that comes to you for free. It's not something you earn. Paul's not talking about earning anything from God. He's not talking about uh, your, your salvation, your born again experience. He's talking about living in that realm where all of God's resources are there for you, which make it possible for you to feel safe, to have a tranquil state of mind, even when you're facing incredibly difficult things. So the way of peace, when the Bible talks about the way of peace, not knowing the way of peace, or, and you can say not entering the way of peace, it is very specifically talking about the way of peace that the scripture described. Now, even though Jesus is our peace offering, the Old Testament sacrifice, that's not, we're, talk, we're not talking about getting back under law, but the process for relating to that sacrifice is the exact same process that Paul and John and even Jesus talked about that we should apply under the new covenant. So, so in that process, that person who they would bring a, a, a sacrifice to God. And, and if, if they'd sinned, they would bring, a, they'd bring a, a sin offering or a purification offering, and they would make a sacrifice to God. And you know, interestingly enough, in, the, in, in most of the sacrifices, uh, the fat, God got all the fat, and He got the, the kidneys, and He got part of the liver. And what's really interesting about that, because the kidneys and the liver in Scripture are, are talk, uh, talk about, like the kidneys uh, apply to the, the sense of will, the willpower, the, the surrendering of your will to God. And so the fact that, the fact that God received the kidneys was, was a type and a shadow of the fact that you were surrendering your will to, to, to God's will. And th this gets into Jesus as Lord. This gets into following and trusting Him. The livers in, in, in both the, the Scripture, and we know this in, in, in the rest of the Eastern world, the liver relates to anger and wrath and, and all, all of these negative, destructive emotions. So I had to, so, so if I'm bringing my offering and He's getting the liver, I'm also having to give up my wrath which really gets into this concept. I've got to, I've got to, this is where I've got to release people from my wrath. I've got to forgive people. I've got to send away the offense. I've got to reconcile with people. And, and then of course, God got the fat. Now, fat is what caused the fire to burn. And fire is a type of passion. And so what you see with the fire in the sacrificial offering, you see that, that fire burning that offering is an expression of God's passion to be connected to you. God's passion to, to really uh, destroy and cleanse you from what was taking you into this conflict, was taking you into this sin, what, what was taking you uh, uh, down a path that was going to end in, in destruction. And so, and so that would be what would happen in, in, in a purification offering. But in the peace offering, uh, an offering would be made and part, part of it would go to the, uh, uh, um, to the Lord. Part of it would, would then go to the priest. But then another part of it would be taken out into the congregation. So that would mean that everybody that was there today bringing other offerings, you're gonna bring this, these peace offerings and you're gonna be celebrating the fact that I 
sense peace with God. Not just because I brought this offering, because I have faith in this process that God has defined. But see, we have that reality because of the offering that God does accept eternally, which is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, I can't enter back into peace if I don't have at this moment faith in the, not only the fact that God has forgiven me. Now keep in mind, the peace offering was not coming and trying to get God to make peace with you and trying to get God to forgive you. The peace offering was a celebration of the forgiveness that God had already extended to you and you were resolving the things that was in your heart so that you could enter back into this bond of peace that, that was the bond between you and God where, where you enter back into this realm where all of His sources, all of His promises are there for you. Listen, let me just take a minute and tell you, man, if this is encouraging to you, if this helps you, be sure right now just click, click below and uh, like this video. This will cause thousands of people around the world to get a chance to see this. And you know, when I teach on, what I'm sharing with you right now, when I teach on this, I am telling you, people have incredibly powerful experiences because, uh, because they've, they've never related any of this stuff to what we have in Jesus or to the process that we even use in walking these things out as, as, as new covenant believers. So <clears throat> let's, let, let's, and by the way, let me just go ahead and mention, just so I don't have to stop again. Let me remind you, if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you can click and you can go straight to my series called The Stress Antidote. And The Stress Antidote is the peace of God. And I'm telling you, this is going to be about eight hours, or close to eight hours of teaching that's going to take you down every aspect of, of how to have and experience the peace of God when you're facing any kind of situation, which is going to affect your ability to hear from God, affect your ability to connect to the resources of God, affect your ability to have a tranquil state of mind, affect your ability to have meaningful relationships. The stress antidote is going to, it's going to do two things. It's going to help you establish your heart in peace, and it's going to help you overcome the stress in your life. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, then you go to my website, impactministries.com. And if you're doing that during the month of November, you'll see a slider up there that has this, that has this, um, uh, this series on it. Otherwise, just go to the store and search on stress antidote and I'm, it's going to come up. I'm going to tell you, you can download this right now and you get started on this. I'm telling you, by tomorrow, your world can look different. I, I promise you that. All right. So, <clears throat> So the peace offering is, is, is brought as a celebration that you trust God's promise of forgiveness, that, that, you, that you have received His forgiveness, and that having received that forgiveness, now there's going to be a celebration. And actually, this is where, this is where you, you take the part of the offering that is not dedicated to the Lord, and you take it out and you share this with people and literally you share your testimony there. You talk about whatever it was that if you sinned, you, you tell what it was. And you talk about God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's forgiveness. And that even though, even though you did this, you know, God still loved you. And, uh, and, and but you responded to that love by restoring the relationship, by doing what it took to to uh, have peace in your own heart and connect to the heart of God. Remember, 
God didn't change during all of this, but you put yourself in a position to where you could not take hold of, connect to the resources of God. So now you don't have the sense of all of your needs being met. And that's what Paul was talking about when he says, he says, listen, you know, he goes down the list, liars, whoremongers, the effeminate. He goes down his whole list and he says, don't think you can inherit the kingdom of God because you can't even inherit. Remember, that's something you get for free. That's not something you earn for. He's not talking about earning something. He's saying in your heart, when you violate your conscience, when you violate your sense of righteousness, when you violate who you are in Jesus, it does something to your heart and you can't take hold of the kingdom resources. So you say, all right, that's great, Jim. What does that have to do with how I deal with life now? What does that have to do with what I have in Jesus? Well, this is exactly what the Apostle John was talking about in the first John, which is one of these chapters that pop theologians throw away and say does not apply to Christians. It's like, it's like, are you kidding me? This is, this is all about Christians. And in this, he starts out talking about fellowship with Jesus, having fellowship, abiding in the light. And so, so we know that that word fellowship is where we share what we have in common with Jesus. In other words, whatever he has, we share in it. So again, this is, this is not just talking about our forgiveness and our righteousness, our being raised up newness of life, but this is talking about sharing in all of these resources that he obtained through the inheritance. And, and, and this is why three times, I believe it is, in that first chapter, John says, look, don't deny that you, that you have sin. He said, if you do, you're in darkness. You're lying against the truth. Now, we don't like to deal with sin. We think that that's a negative thing. We think that's old covenant. We think that's legalist. I don't know where all this crazy stuff comes from. But, but the truth is we have to deal with it in our own heart so that we don't harden our heart, so that we can continue to see God as He is, see ourselves as we are in Jesus, so that we continue to have this heart-to-heart -heart connection with and share in what Jesus has given us in this realm called the kingdom of God, all of these, all of these resources that are ours. And so John is talking about exactly what they, they were celebrating when they would give the peace offering in the Old Testament, they were celebrating that they, that they could have unhindered fellowship with God. Now, he wasn't the hindrance. Our heart was the hindrance. Our conscience was the hindrance. Our guilt was the hindrance. All of these negative emotions, that was the hindrance that was affecting us negatively in our connection with God. And so, and so he, he just keeps wanting, don't you know, don't do this. Now, many people, I'll hear many people make the argument, they say, well, Jesus has already forgiven us. We don't have to deal with sin. Well, if you'll remember, Jesus comes to the disciples and he, and he says, he, he takes off his robe and he gets a towel and he gets ready to wash their feet. And Peter says, you're not, you're not washing my feet. I'll never let you wash my feet. Jesus said, I'll tell you something. If you don't let me wash your feet, then you don't have any part in me. And he says, now all of you are clean through the word that I've spoken, but not all of you, because he knew about Judas. Now, we have been made clean, but one of the constant emphasis in the word of God, and this is why, this is why God had 
sacrifices that people could make, they weren't required to make, they just, the people just made them when they wanted to. I mean, there were some sacrifices that these are required at certain times on certain days, and these show certain things about the, the coming of the Lord Jesus. But there were other sacrifices that just had to do with the fact that you cannot avoid the reality that just in daily life, you pick up things. We're always being influenced by the world. Our thinking is being influenced by the world. Uh, you know, how we treat people is being influenced by the world. Every part of our life is getting dirty, so to speak, as we walk through the world. Now, this doesn't mean we've lost our salvation. It doesn't mean that we've lost our connection with God, but it means that if this goes on, never dealt with at some point in time, it is going to affect us in, in a way that, 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 that we didn't see coming. It's going to harden our heart because that's what sin does. It's going to harden our heart and we're going to have difficulty believing, connecting to, trusting, walking with, hearing, following the voice of God and all, you know, the whole, the whole dimension of that. And so washing your feet is a type of the fact that we have to have ongoing cleansing, not our spirit man. You know, our spirit man has been, as far as I know, once our spirit is regenerated, I don't, I don't, I don't know that anything can degenerate. I don't, I don't know. But I know this, I know that our heart can become corrupted because our soul can become corrupted. Our heart can become crooked. Our heart can become influenced. Our heart can become hard. Our heart can become deceived. There's all kinds of things that can happen. And so, and so we have to have some kind of way experientially to connect with God and experience that blood of Jesus that we experienced when we first got saved. And so just like the sin offering, or I mean, just like the, 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 uh, the offering of peace, they would come and they would confess. Now, see, again, this is something people say, oh, you don't have to confess your sins. That's not scriptural. It's in the Bible from, you know, from the beginning to the end. Don't tell me it's not scriptural. Jesus taught it. Paul taught it. Uh, the, uh, Moses taught it. If it's all through the scripture and we're saying it's unscriptural, we're the, we just don't want to own it or we don't understand it. But we've got to remember, confessing your sin, see, that doesn't just mean uh, that you're going to talk about the bad parts. Here's what you got to understand. The word confess, which means to say the same thing or to say back, also means to, to take hold of a stone to throw it. And one of the things that we realize is in confession, I am owning a problem. I'm saying, God, I feel distant from you. Or I'm saying, God, you know, I did this. I'm, I'm gonna, and I got to say the truth about it. I got to say whatever God's word says about it. I know I'm righteous. I know I didn't need to do this. I did it because I thought it would get me what I wanted. Whatever, you know, whatever the truth is, you, you just say that. See, that's the equivalent. Like if you're walking down, if you're walking down a path and you get a little pebble in your shoe, you can wish that pebble wasn't there. You can deny that pebble is there. You can tell yourself you don't have to deal with that pebble, but all the time it's still hurting your foot. And so the only way you can get rid of that pebble is to reach down in your shoe and take hold of it and then to throw it from you. That's what confession is. 
all through the scripture, we are taught whether it's offenses, whether it's pain, whether it's what is, we have to send them away or we have to cast them out or we have to, or we have to throw them away. In other words, we have to take hold of them and we have to get rid of them. Listen, I, listen we're going to pick this up again next week. We, we, we can't end this here and, and we're going to get into some incredibly positive things about this that I think are going to cause you to rejoice. Don't forget, get this series, The Stress Antidote. And man, go to my website, impactministries.com. Consider becoming a world changer and helping me reach 1 billion people around the world because we need your help. I can't do it all by myself. And right now we're in the middle of a project trying to raise $475,000 because we have a plan to raise up 1 billion disciples around the world and I need your help doing it. Also at the end of this program, just take 10 seconds, subscribe to this channel and cause thousands of people get to hear these great messages. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.